Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Morning Chat, Good News and Politics with Julian Hoas. I'm Julian Hoas, Interim Managing Director of Vocal Europe, and I'm here to answer your questions and help you guys to understand what's going on in the world of politics. Today, the weather is 18 degrees in Amsterdam, 17 degrees in Brussels, 19 degrees in Paris and London, 17 degrees in Bucharest, and 23 degrees in Madrid. It's looking like it's going to be a nice day today, lots of sunshine, so make sure you're wearing a sunscreen, and make sure you're going out to get some sunlight to help you out with the doom and gloom that we're suffering through at the moment. Now today I have a very interesting question because this is something that blew up over the weekend that a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of and don't necessarily have the clear instructions on. But someone came to me last night and asked me, Julien, did someone, did Dominic Cummings actually break a lockdown or is this just a trumped up show driven by the media or the opposition or pro-European campaigners who have held a grudge against the Conservative government since the 2016 referendum. Now, this is a complicated one, or in some ways it's not so complicated, because the problem is that it's very open to interpretation, and we all have our personal views, and I'll discuss mine after I've gone through all the information that I've got listed out here, but regardless, let's go into this now. We'll talk about it, we'll figure this out, and if you guys have a different opinion to mine, please stick it in the comments below and let me know what you think on social media, Facebook, Twitter, even Instagram. Now, on the 23rd of March, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced a nationwide lockdown, and on 26th of March, regulations were introduced in England that made it an offence to leave your home without a reasonable excuse, and to gather in groups of more than two people. The first point to bear in mind is that this regulation does not necessarily really cover what a reasonable excuse is. It gives a loose guideline, but it's left very much open to interpretation. I'll leave a comment on the regulation below in the comments. If you're listening to this on Anchor or Spotify, I can leave a description, well, I can leave a link in the description to this uh, episode, but I'd suggest you go and have a look at the YouTube video to get the link there. However, the non-exhaustive list does provide a number of reasons to be outside, such as shopping for necessities, doing exercise, and traveling to and from work. Health Protection Regulations 2020, based on the coronavirus the response, gave police powers to forcibly return those who refused to comply with regulations to their homes and issue fines to the centres. The... There's a problem with this because Dominic Cummings was met by the police on his way to Durham, apparently, and they did question him and they allowed him to go forward and I believe that no fine was issued. This means that, again, this comes into the sort of murky way of defining what's essential or not. So I'll get into this again further on. But the government's non-legally binding guidance alongside this regulation said that essential travel does not include visits to second homes, campsites, caravan parks or similar, whether for isolation purposes or holidays. People must remain in their primary residence, not taking those steps put... Not taking these steps puts additional pressure on communities and services that are already at risk. Now, again, this is adding to problems because for all intents and purposes, Dominic Cummings wasn't effectively moving to his family's home in Durham. Um, there are claims that this was for childcare purposes due to the provisions necessary for their toddler, due to Cummings' wife becoming incredibly ill with the COVID-19 virus and him fearing that he would be, become ill and be unable to look after his child. However, he... This explanation does ignore that he has a number of family in London. For example, his wife's sister lives in London and could have 
being seen as providing childcare and they also have a lot of family friends in London due to that being where they reside and primarily work. So this is a slightly weak excuse. Regardless, Dominic Cummings travelled to Durham after the regulation came into force. So this came into force on the 26th of March. The 27th of March is when we saw those comical uh, scenes of Dominic Cummings sprinting out of 10 Downing streets and avoiding the press, looking like he was about to be chased down by Boris Johnson himself or stealing his pretzel or whatever happens in Downing Street. And according to reports by local police who spoke to his father, he was definitely in Durham by the 31st of March. I believe this is around a 260 mile or kilometer, sorry, travel across the UK. So this is quite a long way to travel when you're sick. And Deputy Chief Medical Officer Jenny Harries said that extreme risk to life would be a reasonable excuse for this. However, that if you're symptomatic, you stay at home, you take yourself out of society as quickly as you can, and you stay there unless there's an extreme risk to life. This is a direct quote. And again, she hinted that safeguarding could be an issue that would allow the rules to be banned. Another quote, there is always an element which says safeguarding. So we don't want an elderly person sitting at home without their medication because they feel they can't come out. If there is a safeguarding issue in a child, for example, is equally another issue. There's always a safeguarding clause in all of the advice. The interpretation of that advice is probably for others. Now, Downing Street used this, and particularly Boris Johnson used this in his press conference last night where he robustly defended uh, Boris, uh, Dominic Cummings and ignored half the questions regarding what Cummings was up to. Uh, Downing Street's statement claimed that owing to his wife being infected with suspected coronavirus and the high likelihood that he would himself become unwell, it was essential to ensure his young child could be properly cared for. Now, this comes into the issue of reasonable excuse not being robustly defined in the legislation that is included in. This is the problem. This shows that the UK government wasn't really thinking of how to really... Uh, they weren't thinking of this case when they were building this piece of legislation, arguably because it was so rushed and because they had to do it so quickly. However, this is of course something that should have been included and I've had a quick scan through the regulation and I don't think there is a safeguarding clause, which is problematic because a lot of the government's defence rests on this very specific point. However, there are additional questions and major questions even about whether Cummings actually received any childcare when he was in Durham. So there are claims that he self-isolated in the family home. There are claims that he went up to bring his child to his parents and then him and his wife isolated in a shed or a specific room in the house. However, these were actually blown up a bit by the fact that he was actually spotted by a retiree visiting Barnard Castle, which is a beauty spot in Durham, and was even reported to police by for doing so. This would have actually happened during the period where Cummings claimed in his spectator column last month that he was incredibly ill from the end of March to the first two weeks of April. Now, so this is, we can broadly say that this is a four week period where he was incredibly ill. And if he was traveling to Bonnard Castle when he was ill in this period of time, then there is a problem. And there's a, a problem with Cummings possibly having broken lockdown multiple times in, in I think March, April and May even, where he apparently made a second trip to Durham to visit family just because. And while a number of government defenders have tried to claim that Cummings did not actually visit Barnard Castle. A Sky News correspondent by the name of Katerina Vidozzi, please don't kill me for murdering your name, 
you'll probably never see this anyway, confirmed that the number plate seen in Bernard Castle belonged to Dominic Cummings himself, and that he was indeed at the castle itself, unless, for whatever reason, he lent his car to someone else. However, this is unlikely, and even if he did, this would also possibly lead to additional infections due to the way that coronavirus can exist on materials for a high number of times, if not properly cleaned. Now, this whole situation to me screams of weak governance, this screams of cronyism, this screams of a lack of morals within the government itself, and for me, personally, I find this ridiculous as an outside observer, because, let's face it, we saw Ed Miliband's career get completely der derailed, his prime ministerial candidacy obliterated because of the fact that he couldn't eat a bacon sandwich without looking like he'd been punched in the face too many times. This is not a way for normal government to behave. If Cummings broke the regulations, which as far as I can see and as far as I've seen through the regulations, he did, then he should be fired. He should be fired without question. And the Conservative Party and the WhatsApp chat of MPs within the Conservative Party has gotten to such a point that there are only two MPs actually defending Dominic Cummings out of the majority there. Ian Duncan Smith, who was claimed to be a member of this party defending Dominic Cummings, very quickly actually put out a statement saying that he had no interest in defending Cummings, that he had no support to give to either the Prime Minister Downing Street or the man himself. This, to me, is unheard of. You've got an entire party that's effectively abandoned its Prime Minister, and uh, you're seeing, aside from a few journalists, well, journalists, from Guido Fawkes such as Tom Harwood or other affiliated people such as Darren Grimes, nobody is really defending Dominic Cummings, nobody's actually defending Boris Johnson. They've been left out to hang to dry because of the fact that a lot of people didn't actually want Dominic Cummings to be here in the first place. There were additional crises that came up uh, earlier this year, I believe, or it was later last year, where when Dominic Cummings was searching for his assortment of weirdos in his own words, he was he hired a geneticist and someone who professed racist views, and it was impossible for this kind of individual to actually work in Downing Street, so he had to be let go and Cummings was left red-faced. We're talking about a senior advisor to the Prime Minister who was being held to higher standards to than just about anybody in the country. Millions of people have put their lives on hold. Millions, thousands of people have lost loved ones. Thousands of people have had to watch their loved ones die from far away. Thousands of people have had to leave their, their families to fend for themselves while they were sick. People like myself have not been able to travel around at all to visit family because we're scared of spreading our illness to our elderly relatives and we took the responsible decision to not do so. Thousands, like millions of people across Europe are, have had to hide away in their homes, have had to avoid making contact with other people, have had to suffer mental health, uh, well, damage to their mental health due to the fact that they've been isolated for all this time. And meanwhile, we have this unelected, privileged, advisor to a prime minister who was only in place because of the fact that he was able to abuse electoral law during the 2016 referendum to win this for the Leave campaign. It's unforgivable that this is being done. It's unforgivable that the prime minister is not firing Dominic Cummings. It's unforgivable that people are actually defending this kind of behavior because let's face it, nothing that I've described in the last 10 minutes 
is acceptable in a lockdown situation. How can we defend a man, or how can anybody defend a man who put the country at risk? How can anybody defend a man who thinks that rules are for other people and not for themselves? This is why, I'm, honestly, I have a huge amount of respect for Keir Starmer, for the fact that he just came out and said that if he was Prime Minister, he would have fired Dominic Cummings without a second thought. This is what responsible governance is. But of course, we're talking about a country which has no institutions that can hold the powers that be to account. We have no institutions in the UK that are able to actually prevent the media from infringing on people's rights, from lying out rights, and from obfuscating the truth. The UK is a country that doesn't currently have proper governance structure. These are things such as there should be. Why is there no independent body that's able to say this advisor broke the law? He has to be fired. This advisor broke the law. Here is a hefty fine alongside that. This prime minister facilitated this and defended that. Here's an independent inquiry to prevent this from happening in future and to establish all of the facts. Why is this not in place? In my view, if you have a responsible structure of governance in any country, you have independent inquiries that prevent this kind of crisis from happening. You have independent inquiries that are going to investigate why a prime minister's friends are able to break the law, whereas normal people are being fined for going outside or for rushing to hospital, as was the case a few uh, months ago, I believe, in late March, after this, sister, this regulation was established. Why is it one rule for the Conservatives and one rule for another rule for everybody else? It's not responsible. It doesn't, it, it doesn't establish confidence in the government. It doesn't help anybody. But luckily, when the Daily Mail itself turns against uh, the government, usually it's a bad sign. And in my opinion, we're now counting down the days to when the Conservatives will start cannibalizing yet another Prime Minister and we'll see more of their hidden infighting leaking into the press to describe how Boris Johnson is having to fight for his political life. Anywho guys, thank you very much for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys sending in these questions and showing all the support. I saw that my last episode on Frexit was incredibly popular, so I hope that people got some good information, even though I'm surprised that some Brexiteers like Bernard didn't come and start harassing me about my horrible accent, apparently. But guys, thank you very much. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, send in your questions, Follow me on social media, uh, twitter.com forward slash Julian Hoez, facebook.com forward slash Julian Hoez, same thing for Instagram. Share this video with your friends, share this video with your family, tell them that, you know, even though Dominic Cummings is breaking the law, it's probably not a good idea to do it themselves. And let's get this through, let's get through this responsibly, let's make it through this crisis as best as we can. Things are looking up, the death tolls are coming down. In the Netherlands, in the last 24 hours, there were only about 10 deaths. I believe that the deaths in France were below 70. I need to double check those figures, but things are looking up across Europe. We're starting to start, we're starting to see at least a little normality in life. We're starting to see a bit more socializing happening, even if it's at a bit of a distance, even though we don't have the physical contact, things are looking good for everybody. We're making it through. People who are ill are starting to recover. There may be a vaccine by the end of the year and things are looking positive. But anyway, guys, have a nice day. Enjoy the weather. I will see you guys on Wednesday. Take care.